Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. It's the part where God says He inhabits His praises. Amen? So that should be an experience. It's not three, two fast songs and a slow song and move on to the word, the important part. It's, that's the changing part. Amen? Amen. I, I hope you, you, you guys kind of see what's going on, that we were able to see today fathers and sons playing instruments, fathers and sons leading worship, mothers and daughters, fathers and sons doing offering, fathers and sons and mothers and daughters. That's, that's amen? That's, that's the body of Christ. That is the body of Christ. And I just, wanna, I just wanted to take a moment to, to I, I, I want you to give a round of applause to, to Melissa who runs the children's ministry. And to all of those that help her. Because I pray, I pray that you guys see now that, that children's church is not the time that we just kick them out of the service so that we can, you know, have good time. That's the time where they're being equipped they're being trained to, to lead worship. Amen? Amen? To lead, to speak the word, to, to walk in it and to be like their mom and dad. Because that's all young people want to be is they want to be like their mom and dad. Amen. That's a scary thought for some of us, isn't it? Well, amen. I want to welcome to the pulpit. Oh, the youth thing. All right. The youth, by the way, the youth. Where are the youth at? All right, the youth are meeting here at 6.30 on Friday to go to a, a youth rally someplace else. All right, so you're meeting here at 6.30. Be here at 6.30 or be left. We love you. All right. So now I want to welcome to this pulpit for the first time. Why is that funny? Where, where, where's my little minister at? Where is he? I saw him. Oh, there he goes. I saw him since he walked in. Come on, Ray. Since he walked in, he hasn't let go of that study Bible. He's been holding it all during worship, all during greeting and ushering. And so our, 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 little, our minister right here is just going to bring a word for us. Amen? Is that good? And then, and then, and then hold on because we got a whole nother surprise. Go ahead. Okay, good morning to all. Uh, as you may not, if you may not know, I am Ray Cosme. And today's message is push, P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens. Today we'll be looking at re we'll be looking at reading from the book of Jonah. Now Jonah was a prophet who ran away from God, and one day God called Jonah and said, "Get up." And go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because they do wicked things. But Jonah got up and ran away to the opposite direction. Instead of Nineveh, he went to Jabba. So basically, God said to go here, but he went this way. And he found the ship that was going to Charsha. So Jonah was really trying to run far from God, 
But how many of us know that that is not possible? There is no place that we can run that God can't find us. So here's Jonah running and gets on a ship. God brings forth a storm. You like that fourth? It's like William Shakespeare. So, <laughs> so everyone is panicking and questioning why is this happening to us. And someone on the ship must have really done something bad for this to be happening. As so at this point, Jonah is sleeping below the ship. And they tell him to pray to his God. But Jonah knew what was happening and said, throw me off the ship. It is my fault this is happening. So imagine a scrawny little man on a ship saying, just throw me off the ship. God wants me off the ship. I know, I'll get my Grammy later. So, <laughs> so when, you see, when you see when God calls you to do something, you must do it. Everything that you set out to do will not come out the way you want it because it is not God's plan. An example of this would be if God, no, if, the, if you ask the Lord about moving to a different state or a different job and God tells you to stay put and you move, I can guarantee that nothing that you set out to do will work in your favor because it is not God's favor. So now, God causes a great storm, the ship is about to crumble, and God says, and Jonah says, throw me off the ship, it is God who created the storm and he wants me off. So you know about the little act I did earlier. So now, Jonah is now in the water and he's swallowed by a giant fish that God sends. So imagine a scuba diver in the middle of the Red Sea, and a giant wheelchair comes up and swallows him. You know he's not going to be healthy after that. So now, as Jonah's in the stomach of the fish, all he does is pray for three days and three nights. So no food, no water. He just sat there and prayed. You know, the little position like this, 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 all those little positions he did in there. Because you know the, whale, the little sh uh, fish was like moving around and he's like this. <laughs> so it was sort of like a fast to him. You know, or, or may, many of you may remember the Daniel fast. So he prays and he prays and something finally happens. God caused the fish to spit out Jonah because God felt he had learned this lesson. And now Jonah was obedient to God and would fulfill what he was to do. So Jonah washed up ashore and went to Nineveh. He then finally preached the word and finally fulfilled what he was to do. He did that and God loved him until the day he died and still loved him in heaven. So Jonah pushed. He prayed until something happened. So I love you all and God bless you all. And it seems that my time is up, but I will be back again. But before I leave, my little sister drew this little picture so that way she can basically show you a glimpse of what Jonah was doing. This is him. 
basically trying to run and hide from God. But as you can see, he's has a little plant and a little rock. The rest of it is God's presence. He's always there. And Sarah also drew a, a picture of a fish to show what the fish really looked like. It could have been, an, it looks like a whale shark. Sarah, what is this? A whale shark? Okay, good, okay, I got it. All right, thank you all. Now I need to pray because somebody's trying to take my job. Amen, amen. All right. Well, listen, we couldn't have planned this any better, but we had, we had planned this like half a year ago, and the children's ministry had planned this months and months ago, and they ended up being on the same Sunday. So we have children in ministry day, and then we also have special guests with us all the way from South Jersey. Amen. I want you to welcome South Jersey's Master's Commission. Amen. And, and, and kind of just, just understand how cool this is because this is what happens after this. You, you, you see that? When, when, we, when we pour into young people and when we surround young people and encourage them and, and speak life into them and bless them and pray for them, then, then things happen. And so we're, we're kind of seeing the before and the after of, of what happens in the body of Christ and what should happen and what we believe in and what we're praying for. Amen? So please welcome South Jersey Masters Commission. Hey, guys. So you're asking, how does South Jersey do stuff like this? Because who, are, who hears of Jersey having any kind of talent, right? But what it is is teenagers decide after college to spend nine months to give their hearts to God, to do what God wants of them. So if there's anyone here that is thinking about doing master's commission, we have a booth in the back. We also have information. There's this thing called Catalyst. What is Catalyst? It's amazing. It's a weekend to spend with us. You come down to South Jersey and have fun with us. You get to do everything we do, okay? And it's not boring. It's a lot of fun, as you can tell. We, you use our talent for God. So if you have anything to bring forth, because God gave each and every one of you guys a talent. So college students, 11th and 12th graders, come see me in the back. Sign up for Catalyst. It's only $35 for the whole weekend. Cheap, right? So $35 for a whole weekend if you sign up before um, April 4th. So come see me. I'll be in the back after service, and uh, you'll see more of South Jersey Masters Commission, and trust me, it's something you will like. Well, well, well. My name is Jesus Christ. And I can change your life. Just listen to these awesome testimonies, and you too will believe. Well, 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 before I got to know him, I was a nobody, nothing, going nowhere. I was a thief. Yeah, I was a bad thief. Man, I was so bad, I got caught. But then one day, when I was on the cross, I looked over, and that's when I got to know him. He changed my life. I've even got my own mansion. And the best part is, I didn't even have to break in. You know me as a thief on the cross. 
So why is the sky blue and the grass green? And how do they get the cream filling inside of those Swinkies? Get to know me and find out. Well, 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 before I got to know him, I was a nobody, nothing going nowhere. nowhere. I had been married and divorced five times. And the man I was living with wasn't even my husband, and who knows how many kids I have. But one day I was at the well, and that's when I got to know me. He gave me a drink of his living water, and I haven't been thirsty since. You know me as the woman at the well. So how do I make the lame to walk? And the blind to see? And how many licks does it really take to get to the center of those Tootsie Pops? Get to know me and find out. Well, 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 before I got to know him, I was a nobody, a nothing going nowhere. nowhere. I was possessed. I had seven demons in me. I knew everybody and everybody knew me. But then one day when the people were about to stone me, Jesus stepped out on the scene. And that's when I got to know him. He cast those demons out of me and set me free. You know me as Mary Magdalene. So why do demons tremble at my very name? Jesus. Get to know me and find out. Woo! Well, 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 before I got to know him, I was a nobody, a nothing, going nowhere. nowhere. I hated Christians. I persecuted Christians. I even killed Christians. But then one day when I was riding my horse on the road to Damascus, a bright shining light knocked me off of my horse. When I came to, that's when I got to know him. He changed my life. He changed my name. I went on to write two-thirds of the New Testament. You know me as Apostle Paul. Well, well, well. My name is Jesus Christ, and I'm coming back soon, so you better get to know me. Amen. Before Pastor Tim comes, I just want to dismiss the children. Um, children's Church is canceled four through eight. Everyone else, they got class for you. So that means any anyone younger than four and older than eight. There you go. Amen. Just give a couple seconds. Pastor Tim. Yeah, thank you. They're going to be setting up for human videos. The children are going to class. I am glad to be your surprise today. It's not my first time. I was here last year, and uh, I love South Jersey Master's Commission. We're so poor, we can't afford drums. We just use trash cans. We'll make a joyful noise out of anything. Well, if you notice, uh, I, I got to tell you, God is just so awesome. You know that. But to uh, use uh, Pastor Ray uh, this morning as a segue to this message, because what Jonah was all about, and that little story there, is about what we're preaching this morning, what we're bringing to you through these human videos and uh, through this, uh, the, the shirts that we wear. You see the army men on them. Uh, we're not a paramilitary organization, but this year's theme is on a mission, Saving Private Ryan. If you've seen the movie, uh, it's one of the best war movies out there, won all kinds of awards. But the whole idea was that 
these soldiers were on a mission, Normandy, and then from there, eight of them had to go into enemy territory to save one. They didn't even know he was alive. They didn't even know if he wanted to be saved. They didn't even know exactly where he was. And when I began to think about that this past summer as I was getting ready for these students, God put that on my heart. That's what the church has to be reminded of this year. We are still on a mission. Say we're on a mission. And our mission is not just to have great church. We were in a youth group in Staten Island Friday night, great youth group. But I know that youth pastor real well. He doesn't want just a nice youth group. He wants young people who are on the mission in their high schools and in their junior highs. He wants young people who are on the mission in Staten Island and in New York City. Because what happens is we forget so easily. We, it, things get hard for us. When I come back, you'll look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And I know I'm preaching to the right church today because I looked through your bulletin. And I noticed that this church has to have rock-hard men of God. Because I've, I've been to so many other churches, and I've not seen this in any other church. You see, I've done it a couple times in my life, but, but I've never done the version you're going to do, you see. You see, this has to be a hard church. I mean, tough, strong church. Because you don't do paintball, you're doing painball. Did you notice in your bulletin, the men are doing paintball. I've done paintball, I'm not sure I'm man enough to do that other thing. What do you do, throw rocks at each other? That's awesome stuff. <laughs> so I know I'm preaching hard today, I mean, you're going you're gonna to get it. But watch this. I wish I didn't tell Sometimes I think I'm letting go 
trace every wrong move that I made, I would If I could stand up and take the blame, I would If I could take all the shame to the grave, I would If I could change, I would take back the pain, I would Trace every wrong move that I made, I would If I could stand up and take the blame, I would I would take all my shame to the grave Second Timothy chapter 2 verses 3 and 4 Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Jesus Christ No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs He wants to please his commanding officer We open with this human video We have the pleasure of traveling with Reggie Dabbs He's a number one motivational speaker in the country uh, And every December for two weeks we get to go to high schools and middle schools And, and uh, uh, minister if you will to, to students in the public school campuses. And if you listen to the lyrics of this song, it's easier to run than change. Young people today, I was a youth pastor for 14 years. Even as a senior pastor, I still did youth ministry, and now I, I still get to do a lot of youth ministry. The young people in our country are under attack, an assault, and I believe more vicious today than even when we were teenagers. We had happy days. We had, we had good times. You know, now today they've got charmed and privileged and, and all these other shows. And, and the reality is our young people are under such attack. And the church, if we forget that we're on a mission, that our mission is the reach into the very bowels of darkness. Oh, it's going to be scary. It's going to be unbelievable. I teach a youth ministry class on Tuesday nights. And we had all the participants take out a piece of paper and write every trait they can think of to, to describe a teenager. And then we shared them out loud. And, and I said, now take a, 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 a plus or a minus mark and put it next to each of the words that, that you wrote down there. And you will find that you have more negative opinions of teenagers than you do positive ones. We're afraid of them. We think they're this, that, and the other. But they are not just the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. It was people their age that turned the world upside down. And so what happens is in this, in this story, we had those four students. They actually represent four real live people who wrote to Reggie Dabbs. And the one gentleman wrote to Reggie Dabbs on his MySpace and he said, Why love, why live, just die. As far as he was concerned, change was not even an option. Dying was. Who would go and help him? And then there was the young lady. You see, she, like so many people we know, lost a, a family member, probably a mom or a dad, but it was a loved one that died from cancer. 
and the pain of losing someone. In Christianity, we pat them on the back and say, that's all right, they're in heaven now. That doesn't stop the pain and the hurt. So if we get past the cliche and really love them until it hurts for us. And then there was the girl. She, she has so much pain. She's suffering so much. She doesn't know what else to do with it except for to hurt herself. And we do this youth conference every year up in New York, Saratoga Springs, about 2,000 high school students. And one of our jobs is to check their wristband as they're coming in. So they have to put their arm up like that. And to see the number of girls that hash mark their arms, cutting themselves because they don't know what else to do. And we found that even within the church, there are many, many, many young people who are cutting themselves and we don't even know it because no one understands their pain. But we're on a mission. And then there was the last student. You know, it's amazing. Because the other day we were, we were talking about some things. And I said, uh, you know, where is uh, Melanie, one of my students? And she was standing right in front of me. And she's the one that plays the role of the, of the invisible girl. And I didn't do that by, by you know, uh, on purpose. It was completely an accident. And, and there are those girls and those guys that are even, even in our churches. They're invisible. They're there. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. We don't see them and we don't hear them. Who will... Who will help those persons? Change it for the next one. Endure hardship with us, Paul says. I love it because Paul doesn't just say, it's okay, it's going to get better, don't worry, you know, as if he's never been uh, uh, persecuted himself, as though he never understood trial and tribulation himself. He says to Timothy, a young warrior, endure hardship with us. You see, I know this church doesn't preach this, but there are other churches that preach this gospel. If you just give your life to Jesus, you will live happily ever after. You mean I won't owe taxes anymore? You mean my kids will never be rebellious anymore? You mean I won't, I won't run out of money to pay my rent anymore? I'm eating steak every night. And all of a sudden we find out that, that, that this is not the gospel. Sure, God blesses us. But even when we have little, we've learned to be grateful. I know it's counterproductive to the American culture. But the reality is there's, two, there's two-thirds of the people in the world who love Jesus and have nothing to eat. I have the privilege again this June to go to Africa. And I get to minister in a country called Rwanda. And if you know its history, it's been real difficult. But I've been crying to go to this country again. It'll be my third time to minister to people who have more of a, of a godly, deeply experience than even me. And I've been saved since 1982. You see, what happens is you and I, and maybe not this church, but maybe other churches, we'll, we're so fickle when it comes to our walk with God. When Paul says endure hardship, we think it just means having to walk in the drizzle because we had to park five blocks away. But you know what? We, we'll get upset and leave a church and hate a pastor all because he, he didn't do something we wanted him to do. And he challenged us and we got uncomfortable. Endure hardship with us. I wonder what, what would happen to our Christianity if we lived in a country like right now, if, if all of a sudden in order to save energy, they have what they called rolling blackouts. In other words, your neighborhood on Tuesday is going to be without electricity. And by the way, rolling water outages. You can be an entire week without water. Well, that's what happens in Rwanda. And I, and I beg to go there. I've been on a waiting list, and I get to go again, to go to minister with no shower and no electricity. Sign me up. That's what I want to do. 
You see, when we talk about hardship, hardship also and relating to this on the mission. Well, I told them about Jesus, Pastor, and they made fun of me. I say, you ain't living for God. You haven't done anything for God if you haven't been threatened to shut up because you keep talking about Jesus too much. And I go a step further because it actually happened to me, but until you've been beat up for Jesus, you really don't know. I didn't ask to get beat up. I didn't wear a shirt to say, I'm stupid, beat me up. I just talked about Jesus, and they beat me up. And then after I came back from suspension, they wanted to see, is he still going to talk about Jesus? Of course I did. And they never beat me up again. I don't understand. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier. You know what I love about soldiers? I, I wanted to be a soldier before I got saved. And uh, I wanted to just be able to shoot people and do whatever I wanted. Thank God he saved me. But the reality is, if we're to understand ourselves as a soldier, yes, there's hardship. Yes, there's difficulty. Yes, there'll be people shooting at you. There are people that want you to be captured or destroyed. And guess what? Our enemy is like a... Somebody talk to me. Our enemy loves us. Our enemy wants to really take care of us, doesn't he? He wants your destruction. He wants to rob you of your blessing. In fact, those of you who don't know how to type to it, you can walk out of here today and lose the blessing he gave you during worship. Because we don't know how to hold on to it. We put it in pockets with holes in them. And so what happens is we understand ourselves as a soldier. I've never heard of a soldier in boot camp say to the drill sergeant, I don't feel like waking up today. Drill sergeant, I don't want to run five miles. How about if I just do one? Would that be okay? Drill sergeant, I don't feel like eating that food today. Can I go on the bus and go to Burger King? Once you signed up, you belong to them until you finish, you little grunt, you little worm, you little maggot as far as they're concerned. Because what they got to do is they got to take us and strip us of everything we think we know. All of our self-centeredness, all of our selfishness, all of our wimpiness, and they got to beat that out of us so that way they'll represent us on the front lines and fight the enemy there so we don't have to fight them here. Soldiers understand why they're all about. They're supposed to be about the commanding officer, which for us is Jesus Christ. And he says he doesn't, he doesn't get involved with civilian affairs. He doesn't get tied up and tangled up with all the things that are going on around him. And what I love about that movie, Saving Private Ryan, and the, the, the quote is, as, this, as the squad pushes deep into enemy territory, they find themselves questioning their mission. Is one man worth risking everything? Is one man worth the lives of eight? And you remember they went on their mission. They were sort of wandering. And then, then there was this one little obstacle where they actually lost one of their guys. He died. And then finally someone wants to quit. They want out. That happens to us. We'll be serving God so straight and so strong. And all of a sudden some tragedy befalls us. There's a setback. And we begin to question the orders of our commander-in-chief. We begin to question what Jesus has asked us. We begin to, to wonder, did I make a mistake? i got to tell you, in ministry, you'll make lots of mistakes. And I think partly to remind us that we're still human. we still got clay feet. And also to remind you, we're still human and we got clay feet. But the reality is, it will, it will happen to us in some way or another. And we cannot, cannot get caught up too long in questioning the mission because our commander-in-chief has told us to go. 
He's told us to go. And I found this, this incredible quote here. It says, as a soldier, and think about this as a, as a follower of Christ. It says, I am a member of a team. No soldier is on his own. He belongs to a squad, a unit, a, a, a group of men, a group of people who are all trained and are all ready to lay down their lives for each other. Isn't that what church is supposed to be? Isn't that what we're supposed to be for each other, brothers and sisters? We hear that the, the church of one area is hurting, so the church in other areas rise up and go to their aid. Isn't that what they did in the book of Acts? We're part of a team. We don't have to be by ourselves. A soldier, I will always place the mission first. What's the mission? Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. Make disciples. Baptizing them and teaching them to obey these things that I've commanded you. Always the mission first. I will never accept defeat. In fact, I want to hear you say that. I will never accept defeats. Also, a soldier will never quit. Say, I will never quit. And then a soldier gives all of himself. And I love the word of God that repeats itself over and over. Love the Lord God with all your... Come on now, talk to me. All your... All your... All your... What's missing? He got it all. Your noggin, your heart, and your body. Love Him with all. But we've got it. We think we've got it right when we sing the song, I surrender one-tenth. I surrender sometimes. I surrender when I feel like it. I surrender when the sun is shining and, and everything is going just fine. I surrender all. Because that's what we do. Why? Because Jesus, our example, has done the same thing. This human video right here is a song that I love right now. Brandon Heath called Give Me Your Eyes. And I want you to watch this because, you see, what happens, especially in New York City, we wonder, all right, I'm on a mission. The Word of God says I'm supposed to go to the highways and byways. It tells me I'm supposed to go. So let me just send my money overseas and let someone else do all the hard work and pat myself on the back for doing something good. And the reality is, the mission field is right here. I drove through your mission field. I had to park halfway down your mission field and walk back through your mission field. And there are so many people that are in need of God. So many people that think that church is, is uh, bah humbug. Church is boring. Church is irrelevant. It doesn't have the answer. And so they're searching for the answer in other ways. I want you to watch this and see the different individuals, and, and then I'll be back. City lights, my world from a mile high. Best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop. Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. All those people going somewhere. Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah Yeah 
Busy street, see a girl and our eyes meet. Does her best to smile at me, to hide what's underneath. There's a man just to right, black suit and a bright red tie. Too ashamed to tell his wife he's out of work, he's buying time. All those people going somewhere. Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second Give me your eyes so I can see Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the broken hearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Yeah 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 Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Give me your arms for the brokenhearted The ones that are far beyond my reach Give me your heart for the ones forgotten Give me your eyes so I can see Give me your eyes World Missions Conference this past summer, the keynote speaker said, what is the use of evangelism if it produces Christians who don't act, who don't do, who don't follow God's will? All they do is sing in church. He added, we're getting fancier and fancier at church worship. We know how to do church, but we don't know how to be the church. You see, we showed you this because, as, and we end with this question right here. Can you see so much pain all around us? So much hurt all around us? And we sing we've got the victory. We sing we've got the joy. We sing we can move mountains. We sing we can fly. And then we go out here just as depressed as we came in. And we leave just as hopeless as we came to church. Where is the reality of the words we sing? I find this this morning, and, and I'm not a big thus saith the Lord. God just speaks very clear to me. And a prayer was uh, sort of mentioned in the worship time. It says, Lord, increase my faith. And I, uh, my faith. And I heard God say, that is my heart's desire. 
I am increasing your faith. But what you need to understand is that means the mountain needs to be bigger. That means the need needs to be bigger. That means the difficulty has to seem more impossible. And as you go through the situation, your faith is increased. It's like so many people say, I'm going to wait until I get courage before I act. Courage is not recognized until after the act. Said, man, that is a courageous person. But we didn't know that. They didn't even know that. They just acted. It's like the man, uh, that pilot that we're all celebrating as the hero. He just acted courageous. And afterwards, everyone's like, you must be a brave man. He's happy <laughs> that the plane didn't break up. Courage is recognized after the fact. And the sad thing is, is I heard debate on, on the radio the other day. Because then we had the plane crash to Buffalo. And I heard them debating these, these secular anti-God people. And they said, now, every Christian said, well, that plane on the Hudson was blessed by God. Well, then what happened to the plane to Buffalo? The secularist says, the nail must not have been blessed. And it's a problem for us because we only say we're blessed when things are going good for us. But blessing is recognized as a, as a deep need or a deep answer from God after the fact that person's blessed look at them you see when we talk about can you see we're so stuck on our needs uh, not this church but other churches all our songs are about our need and our need and I cry out and I say when are we going to start singing about God and how awesome God is how wonderful He is and, and what He's done for us and what He is doing for us. I love your songs because they target the fact of who you are and what you are. But we've got to do more than sing. You see, there's the people out of work. And I know that in, in the New York City economy, there's a lot of people out of work. So what does the church do? Pat them on the back and say, don't worry. God will bless you someday. Where's the courage in that? And the, the woman going around begging and bugging people. I remember pastoring in New York City. I, you know, I, I come from Yorktown. I come from South Jersey. I was in Rhode Island. And now I'm in New York City. And I remember the first couple of times I got robbed, if you will, by uh, people coming in and posing uh, of having a great need and me giving of myself and giving of the church's finances only to find out that they were using us. And after a while, you get this little hardness in you. You know, I took mission teams down to Harlem. And um, even to this day, young people that I took are talking about the, the experiences. But I remember just after a while feeling so hard, right in the subways and having the people going through and telling you their sad story and trying to sell you something to raise money for, the, for their self. You get so hard, and I understand that. But where's the courage in that? So much hurt, so much need, it's overwhelming. We sometimes just shut down. And so I think God's asking us this morning, if you're on a mission, can you see? The song says, give me your eyes. We have a DVD that we show sometimes as well, but, but we didn't bring that today. And, and in it, in fact, it's very disturbing because in the, in the, in the beginning parts, it's all war scenes of, of, of battles. But then the second half is all these horrible images of real life stuff like racism, like pornography, child prostitution, drug use and domestic violence. It talks about homelessness, and it has all these images and suicide and depression. Many churches afterwards are so moved because we don't like being confronted with real. But as a church, a courageous church, 
a church on a mission. We can't afford to sit back. We can't afford to be idle. We can't afford just to sing kumbaya until Jesus comes back and takes us to our mansion in heaven. We need to act. And, I, and I'm here to tell you right now, and I believe this is the heart of your pastor, when you begin to step out and act, not only will you see God's power in greater demonstration, not only will God's blessing be in greater fullness here, but this church building right now will be too small for the outcome of all the people who will be blessed and come to a place like this. There's no doubt in my mind. And in the last days, there's going to be a great shifting and, and a sifting. And, and our country is in God we trust dollar bills. In fact, they're trying to get that off our money. We trust in our money. And so God somehow, I think, is allowing the economy to go the way it is. And he's going to see if the church is trusting in the right thing. It ain't about money, people. In the first church, it wasn't about money. They had the little they had, and they shared it, and everybody was blessed. So my challenge to you is, is, is this. I don't always do altar calls, but I think this situation requires something. First of all, if you don't know Jesus Christ, and maybe you were one of those students represented who had those issues, blending in with the crowd, thinking it's easier just to run, it's easier to hide, it's easier to do something else than to actually change. I want to challenge you this morning. Or maybe you're one of these individuals that just feels so lost and so hopeless. And then one of the Christians went over and began to talk to them and encourage them and bring them into the, the circle of new friends. I want you to know, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you came here today. God drew you here today. It wasn't your good idea. Otherwise, you'd have been here years ago. The reality is you were ordained by God. I don't even know if there's any here, but I believe this all my heart. You need to give your heart to Jesus Christ. And you need to do the boldest thing you'll ever do in your life is stand up and come up here one of my students as they come down now and get ready to pray. We want to pray with you. Every service, everywhere as we go, there are people that come because they recognize I, that's me. I was one of those hiders. I was one of those posers. I was one of those people that thought church didn't matter. But Jesus is touching my heart and I want to give him my heart today. If that's you, I need you to get up and come up here. And then, so they're not just looking for you. Let me tell you something. There are Christians, you Christians in this room, you, some of you forgot the mission. You've gotten distracted. You've gotten sidelined. You've gotten uh, so busy in other areas and other things. Even in church, you could get too busy. And the reality is you need a, a fresh uh, recommitment, if you will, of your mission. Not your salvation. Your mission. Jesus, here am I. Send me. Lord, I want you to increase my faith. So therefore, Lord God, increase my mountain. Increase Lord, the, the, the situation, oh God, so faith can arise and we'll be more than a conqueror. I want to challenge you. Everyone needs to stand up so no one's walking on each other. If you're going to come up here, you need to do it. Even if no one else does, it needs to be you. I want you to come and one of my students will pray with you. You're going to come and you're going to just renew your commitment to the mission. I, Lord God, have gotten busy. I've gotten sidetracked. Lord, I want to recommit myself. Give me your eyes, Lord God. Give me your eyes. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus as you're touching hearts even now, as they're coming, Lord God, out of their seats, and that they're getting prayer from one of these students, Lord God. Father, I pray for this church and its leadership. God, that we would find ourselves, Lord, just renewed, Lord God, and resolved, oh God, to be about the business of our Father, to do what our commanding officer, Jesus Christ, has bid us 
to not let our gifts just shine in the church, but that the light will shine in the darkness outside of the church. Lord God, the salt, Lord God, won't just sit on the table, but it will be spread, Lord God, to the whosoever will. Father, we all know unsaved co-workers. We know unsaved neighbors, Lord God. We know unsaved relatives, oh God. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we would recommit our heart, recommit our life, recommit our endeavor, recommit our gifts, oh God, to be used of you, oh Lord Jesus. Oh God, to be used of you, Lord, even with the young people, oh God, in this church, oh God. So many hurting teenagers, so many hurting college students. Lord God, that we would pour ourselves out as a drink offering, oh God. Lord, for your glory, God, to reach them, God, and to touch them, Lord, to bring them, oh God, out of the fiery pit, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, whether we're young or old, whether we're new in Christ or been around a long time, the mission remains the same, oh God. God, that we would renew our zeal. We would renew our passion, oh God, that we won't just sing about it, we'll be about it, oh God. Utilizing, oh God, everything we have, because it comes from you, oh God. In Jesus' name, Lord God, we're praying for revival, but revival don't just come. Lord God, the embers need to be gathered, Lord. The wood, oh God, needs to be prepared. Lord God, the match is already lit, oh God. Somebody got to fan it, oh God. I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, we don't just pray revival. We bring revival. We be revival, oh God. Let the lost, oh God, oh God, hear about the goodness of God. See the goodness of God through us, oh Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, Lord God, we put aside our complacency. Lord, we'll just stop compromising, oh God. We'll renew, oh God. We'll renew the mission, oh God. We'll open our eyes, oh God. Unplug our ears, oh God. Your glory. Your glory, God. Your kingdom, oh God. Lord, you desire none to perish, but all to come to eternal life, oh God. Oh, God, that our hearts will burn, oh, God. Burn, oh, God, as yours does, oh, God. Oh, Lord Jesus, that we be moved with compassion, oh, God. Moved, oh, God, with compassion, oh, God. Jesus. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.